Alright, I have to do this episode before we move forward because I want to do an episode and I started one earlier on this. So grab your favorite drink and let's go. Pause if you need to. Um, grab your favorite drink. I'm definitely drinking a very strong hot coffee um, as we go about this. But this is definitely something that I've been avoiding talking to you about because I'm really, really... Uh, wanting to fill in a lot of misrepresented gaps. Get rid of society's absolute bullshit on this and really find just some pure um, common sense here or at least some pure common ground or some kind of pure understanding with this so as I take care of a little bit of business that actually does relate to this um I just had a text come in that I need to forward to my caseworker actually and so as I take care of that you pause and when we come back we're going to get into some things that I've definitely been avoiding so where do we begin here because um this is definitely something that I've not only been experiencing, I've actually output these same sort of traits as my younger self was very ignorant and did not know any better and did not really care about things that I've never experienced. And so I want to go over this in a deep episode with you, um, who is also, I assume, blind or disabled, which is possibly how you came across this podcast, or you've been around blind or disabled any kind of diverse minority in mind. Um, and um, so this could even be about all minorities here. It's hard to have one specific word to label or define something that is so diverse and can be so broad within our community that it's... Uh, Kind of a slasher, kind of a double compound word here, kind of a, uh, you know, this whole thing is a double-edged sword, and this can have tons of double standards and hypocrisies, and as I talk about this, I'm risking hypocrisies come up in my own world. I'm risking insights pop up that I could later be wrong about that I have to recreate on the podcast somehow to you, but this is really a profound episode and it's a look into why this is and I think some of you that are very intellectual are going to even admit to this and uh, perhaps understand this and even be willing to listen so thank you for tuning in life is at reality at gmail.com if you did have thoughts and you want to write really write it out or send any kind of media to that email that can, uh, you get to express yourself on this. A voice message is always linked below each episode. And especially now in your Spotify feed inside each episode, you get a reply button. That where you can write out your thoughts uh, more instantly. So please feel free to get in touch in any one of those ways. 
But if that doesn't help you to get in touch and you don't have a lot that you can express on this, please at least listen and hear me out on where this is coming from and see if maybe there's something you're not thinking about or maybe there's something you're not uh, understanding. And I'm going to go through these here. I'm going to start with a misunderstood one because the misunderstood, uh, we've always been misunderstood as a community that can't do things and we've been proving as in, uh, generations now, four generations now that we can't do things. That's all very well and good. We've been proving that we can have careers, have businesses, have children, have all these things. There's still going to be people that don't believe it or that don't understand it or when they see it they're going to be surprised not understand it there's going to be people that even in your own family that discourage you or think that you shouldn't be doing it or even think that if you do this you have to give up a lot of your independence and a lot of your life to work with other people in order to do this successfully or the right way um so i wanted to get that misunderstood in there because it is important that I understand where you're coming from. I am there and uh, I've been there. And also, I've been there at such a, a detriment that um, this has affected life in so many ways for my family and I that we're in this situation because of the fear-based misunderstandings to the point that when our daughter was very little, we couldn't even take her to now we've gotten out of that situation and she has gotten older and we've gotten so urgent that we had to leave. But to um, such a detriment that even though there were resources to reach out to, it was difficult to reach out to them because we couldn't even take our daughter to a playground, wake her up at six in the morning and take her to a playground to expose her to kind of a preschool community that we wanted to take her to and get her into an environment that was more appropriate to her because there was so much pushback and discouragement. Um, and I'm very much aware of our lack of account accountability in that area, as well as um, a lot of you are being pushed back for living for your passions, thinking freely, researching, living your philosophy, being at peace, living in a peaceful uh, environment most of your time, choosing what you want to do with your time. Like we're very much being pushed back even in 2023 to the point where we are going to die off or just be at the bottom if we don't look at ourselves and we're not going to even understand our own selves if we don't take this time to look. So going deeper here, um, It is vital to go deep in this episode. Um, if this is something you're ready for, pause if you need to during this episode, throughout this introspection guide, because there's going to be parts of it that are going to be painful. There's going to be parts of it that are going to be unbelievable, and there are going to be parts of it that are really, really difficult to look at. So I started out with a simplified thought of doing an episode on resources in your community and the more bullshit I came across 
and experienced throughout even just the day made me reflect deeper. And I'm like, you know, a simplified episode is not going to be enough of what needs to be expressed here. Um, so getting into this here, um, what right now is in your life that you find to be bad, terrible, what is causing you to have a bad day? What is bringing out the complaints? What is something you can't stand? What is something that is frustrating, frankly? It can be anything from living arrangements, the people that are around you that are living with you and that kind of thing, to... Um, Obligations that you have to fulfill in your family to go do with them. Um, outings and vacations and all that shit. Um, and things that you agree to that you don't know why because you don't even believe in. To things like really trying to make changes in your life and trying to be profound and find meaning. To the people that you... Uh, come across while you're out that either help you too much or don't care to help you at all with little things that you have to have help with or that you don't need help with, either extreme. Insert your experience in this uh, in this time here. What is something that is frustrating that you're finding is not working or that you're finding is uncomfortable or that you're finding is, has any kind of disturbance to your peace. You don't have to get attached to it, but what is that you're finding disturbing? And then take that, and um, I want you to imagine yourself being not in your own home, but I want you to imagine yourself in a home with walls and holes in the ground and the roof leaking. No money. All the money went to rent. All the money went to groceries. And uh, other people. And maybe you're even going through this, so maybe it's not too far off. Hopefully, if you can relate, not too far off. From where you actually are. Maybe you are in a situation where you're in a home with holes. And people that you have to take care of. Maybe the complaint is about housing. And how your your, your apartment's not big enough. Um, it's not easy enough to get to your mailbox. You can't take out the trash properly. You wish you had a yard. Um this kind of thing but imagine you're in a house with holes and um, your money is going towards not just to feed yourself or your child or whoever but your money is going towards feeding the family that you watch be able-bodied be 
go off and are are uh, able to kind of like do more in your community and you can't do a thing or you, you know you can't figure it out imagine yourself riding around walking around not knowing where you're going to settle your apartment's not big enough well you don't know where you're going to settle what if you were what if it was that and you're walking around you're going to salvation army you're going to all these different places and you're not knowing where to settle you're not knowing where you're going to go and now you're sitting imagine yourself sitting in a hotel lobby i can't afford to pay for any more nights where am i going to go and they're just about to tell you that they want to escort you out of the hotel luckily you might have friends that you actually know that you feel safe with or you don't and you have to get a discount on your room or you have to find a program that can help guide you through the process of housing but you you're not knowing what to do you're sitting in a lobby um the people that you kept in touch with are not keeping in touch with you or you're not in touch anymore uh for petty shit right and you can't you're sitting there shaking in a lobby and these are things that aren't being talked about or you're having to stay at a hotel and actually if you want to talk about homelessness my husband and I a few years ago seen and we grew up around people and had helped people because our family taught us a couple of really good caretakers in our family had taught us to help people that's just what you do you don't do it to get something out of it you don't do it because they have money they can bring into the, to your house you don't do it to be demanding of them you help people get on their feet because it's the right thing to do it's a godly thing to do it's a conscious spiritual uh, way of living you help people it, it should come naturally to you right um, so you're in this kind of thing where you're going through this loop and you're like gee I guess I'm not going through this what's the point who cares like not everybody is but even a couple years ago my husband and I were um, going about our business we were at the gym um, sometimes we were kind of close to a shopping center, so we would walk around the shopping center and take care of other things we wanted to do or pick up something that we want to get while the other one would exercise. So my husband was walking and he couldn't believe he saw homeless blind people. And these people, they didn't have a program like we do here. We had to leave and get out of our town to get into this program, but they were homeless and they had a whole blind family with like seven or eight children and they were living in tents and on the street and he got their phone number to kind of get in contact with, with with them and we called them and we're trying to talk to them to see how we could help they were so frustrated that they didn't know how to talk to them and how to talk to us i mean they didn't know how to talk to us they didn't know how we could help really and um, they didn't really have time because they were trying to chase housing and all this. And I don't really blame them now that we've been here. But they were out there and they just didn't know what to do. They didn't have anybody they could trust in their family. Because when you have homelessness, a lot of the times it's because what we found, especially with homeless families, is that the family has relied on their disabled family members so much 
that their disabled family members can't even take care of themselves anymore. And this is what has happened to a lot of homeless families in our program, to us, etc. And so there's been, uh, what led me to do this episode is I've been thinking a lot about our friendships and a lot about the little complaints people have. And it's, um, the funny thing is, is you'll find when you go to the bottom of something that you're going to end up almost having friends that are in your situation more, be more relatable to you than your other privileged disabled people because your other privileged disabled people have no idea, they have no clue um, because there's programs people are in, that are grandfathered in because their family was actually supportive and kind of did the right thing and kind of helped them get through into programs that could help them. And they, uh, value that these people can be on their own, but they need a little guidance to do it. You know, they didn't, they didn't just think any less of them because they needed this help. And they were able to, you know, some of the disabled people were able to kind of get help in that way and live successful lives in that way. And I think that's great. I love when that happens. I'm going to do the same thing for our daughter when she gets on her own, this kind of thing. Um, and I think that all parents and families should get on board with their kids when their kids become young adults. I, I don't understand why a lot of relationships between parents and adults are already bad enough. Um where they're so, they almost beat their kids up when they turn 18 and they don't, they don't have any, um, work for them to do. I mean, even in cases like you see these, um, a lot of people, some of them are celebrities because they had to do it. Some of their families are supportive. Some of them, uh, the family wants the celebrity to take care of them, even if the celebrity is a child. And some of them, because they get so many benefits, a lot of that relates to, to disabled. And some of them, the um, family is supportive and goes through a lot to take care of them because maybe they don't even, they're not aware of a lot of things. And so the family, you know, cares enough about them to try to help them. And um, some of them, their family actually had a lot of work that they could give their kids as their kids became adults so that their kids were willing to work hard, but they could work in their family in an environment that worked for them um, with work that they grew up around, which is really cool. And I think that that's something we need more of in families um, and a more teaching on working as a team and working together. on both sides and accountability for both sides um, to get value out of that. A lot of our community, though, they will complain about the place they live in, and it's really disgusting because they complain about how it's not clean enough. They complain about how it's too small. They complain about how the area doesn't have a lot. They complain about how... Um, the area is bad. Now, I've lived and grew up in hoods and bad areas. The area that a lot of these people live in are not is not that bad. It's just not what they expected. Um, some of these some of these complaints could also come from being misinformed. So, in the case of rent raising, um, it's bad enough when you're living um, and your rent is being raised. Um, 
and there's been complaints about rent being raised. I think that's a lot of that is being misinformed when you're getting on Section 8 and you're not really aware that they are legally allowed to raise the rent, but it, that it is regulated up to 40% only. So they're not going to be able to raise your rent so much that you become evicted if you're actually prepared for it and you know about this. Now, the other complaint is uh, the rent raise is slight but annoying and they're not going into their office and doing what they need to do about this and I think that's definitely lack of understanding lack of perspective now some of these complaints can be somewhat legit when it comes to accessibility is the mailbox in a safe area is the trash can in a reasonable area this kind of thing and that has a lot to do with um, different ways we think about independence and um, it's something that, you know, my husband and I, before we had our daughter, we lived on our own. We've had to make it work in apartments because we didn't even have Section 8 um, to begin with because we were never taught about Section 8. We never had a program like this. And a lot of the people that complain about even little things that we grew up with like roaches or ants or things like that, not that you want that around, not that that stuff is not a little aggravating, but enough of a reason to not be grateful to have your home, to want to leave your home, to think that you're better, um, and to not find other ways to work around it, but to completely just think that you shouldn't have to deal with it because you're disabled or to think that you um, deserve better somehow, even though that's at least where you're living and that kind of thing. Um, the thing with that is, is... A lot of this stuff has to do with the relationships in your life. And we notice a huge difference in how we're treated, how when we have a child versus when we didn't have a child. Because when you don't have a child, people are going to look at you as almost more disabled and you're going to be treated very differently. Versus when you have a child, people tend to relate to you a little more because it's like, oh, they can actually um, make babies like everybody else. And it's kind of a weird truth, but it doesn't mean you have to have children. It just means that you're going to be treated a little bit differently. And, um, when you don't have a child, you really need to think about, um, it's essential to form relationships, um, whether you have a child or not. But when you don't have a child, you have to think about all the things that you're not responsible for and really gain, like it's important for you to gain a perspective on life that is uh, to where you're not so entitled, to where you're not so ungrateful all the time, to where you don't think you deserve things all the time. And then when you have a child, your whole life changes anyway. And those things kind of come with having a child. Those things come with that experience, those learnings, um, hopefully. I know not all parents are even perfect, and not all children are perfect, and nobody's perfect, but at least in the case of perspective... Um, you're going to have to form relationships in your adult life, whether you have a child or not. Um, especially when you have a child, it's essential to work with people and have relationships. And I'm not minimizing that, as I had talked about earlier in this episode. It's just that family thinks you should do this their way, not your own way. And the way that we've had to form relationships is we've had to do it to where it is selfless and selfish. Uh, with other blind people, with other disabled people even. Um, 
And you almost have to create value for why the other person should want to, because you are an adult at this point. Why should the other person want to help you? Even if you need the help, why should the other person want to help you get to your mailbox? Why should the other person want to help you clean your house? Why should the other person give you a roof over your head? Why should you get anything? And it doesn't even mean that you have to have an immediate job to make money. And for some of us, um, kind of integrating this uh, into this episode, this sub um, stack of thought around this is the jobs are not realistic for those of us with more than one disability or for those of us with hidden undiagnosed disabilities like myself and my husband. Um, And for those of us that need major assistance with housing and things like this, jobs are not really realistic and you have to maybe find your own ways to create value and, you know, make a few extra bucks, but not do everything to make money, not overcharge, not charge for things that you don't need money for, and to, you know, not expect and have high expectations of others. There's a fine line between it. And to only expect the things in your relationships that that person is good at giving and that that person wants to give. Um, So one of the things that I had to learn through this whole experience just some tips here for you, some key points, is the people that you work with on a creative level, there's been some of them that have reached out and wanted to talk about my situation. Um, and um, I've had to do it in a different way that they wanted, than they wanted to do it because I didn't ever want to come off as being pitied or um, feeding them my own drama or any of that. So I've had to kind of almost put them in the place of like, you should not have to deal with my shit, but we're friends. And then there's other people where you go, you appreciate, well, okay, they're going to be here for this part of your life. Um, and this is what they are experienced in. So they're going to relate to you and you're going to relate to them in this creative part of your life that other people are not. And then you put these things into other categories and other things like, okay, this person is going to relate in the let's get together um, and build community or let's go to multiple communities and pull in these resources or get to know and network or um, even just daily, get daily resources, things like this. Um, But you really have to learn One thing I've learned is I'm actually not so bad at creating value. What I've had to work on, because everybody has things they have to work on, but what I've had to work on is the expectations aspect and what should I expect and what am I not entitled to. And then I've had to work on the candor, which I've talked many times on this uh, podcast about the book, 12 and a Half, Kind Candor, um, and this kind of thing. And I've kind of uh, referenced Kind Candor a lot. Um, and I've also talked about enjoying routines and if, um, and I've mentioned the book, good morning, good life on how to enjoy your morning routine rather than dread and make it like a chore, um, which kind of fits your old day. And, um, I'm doing this with calendar blocking as well, making it more of a help to me than a routine for anyone else. Um, kind of doing these episodes, a lot of this applies to people that might have ADHD, because I also have ADHD, and um, it's going to be very different in this way, and 
and all this kind of stuff. But um, the creating value aspect is like if a driver, for instance, is going above and beyond what they're supposed to do um, and is helping you check your mail, for instance, or making an extra stop for you that they can't usually make or shouldn't really be making because of their own job or their time or their boss regulating their route or whatever it is, or, um, you know, allowing, you know, being kind of a guide outside of just the car or explaining to you uh, the area that you're going to really well or this kind of thing. And they're doing this consistently and helping you have a better day. Um, you have to maintain a relationship in that way and you almost have to question like why should they continue to do this with me when they are a person as well and they have a life and a family to feed and or they have themselves to feed even um, or whatever. And maybe consider like getting them a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or, you know, having food ready for them when they pick you up next time or whatever. And these are things I've had to learn over time. They're not things that I've even been perfect at um, or anything. This is all based on like experience that I've had to have in order to get good enough that I can even tell you that I have the right to even talk about. Um, and this applies, of course, like I said, to celebrities, you know, those of us that have a lot of money that can hire a lot of people to work with us, things like this, because some of these commonalities between disabled people, I know that nobody wants to think about it, but some of these commonalities, because we like to think we're divided. We like to think that, um, nobody has any clue about what I'm going through, right? But even, um... People that are celebrities and people who are disabled have to, you know, they, they get in these positions where they have to work with people um, and this kind of thing. And, um, you know, so why? And this also applies to your neighbor. If you need help getting your mail from the mailbox or, you know, you might want to form relationships with your neighbors and exchange favors for each other. Um in order to get the help and the access that you need. That's just the way life works as an adult here. Like, um, one thing I had to learn a long time ago is like apartment landlords are not going to be happy with you, uh, putting a trash can outside your door because you can't get to their trash can. And they're not going to be happy with you doing that. And it's not really their job to take the time to get you to the trash can. You have to form relationships or be willing to wander around your apartment or be willing to form relationships with people on video. Um, and you can get services of volunteers and partners or you can pay for services um, or get professional services through partners, volunteers, and, um, and even paid representatives that can help you do these things on video. Um, if you simply just don't know anybody or you're in an isolated position. Um, when it comes to filling out paperwork or anything of that sort, you have to get relationships going, working relationships going that are extra with your doctor, with your bank, with 
social security, whatever, like you have to really speak up for yourself and say, I need this filled out. And, um, you may not always be able to give in return, like it's not the kind of relationship that has time for that. So you have to advocate for yourself and not just, you know, if you're in a town where you can't even get to them in person, you need to reevaluate where you're living. Um, unless you even have support in doing that. And um, this has had to apply to family before, but it has been more balanced um, with people with disabilities, but a lot of people, their family get become entitled into thinking that, oh, I didn't know that, you know, they were going to be disabled in the first place, and now that they are, like, I deserve their benefits. I deserve that if they um, need help from me, that I'm going to get these benefits from them. And if you want to talk about relationships of, you know, doing something in return for somebody, um, I don't think that that is what makes a family. And I don't think that a landlord is what makes a family. Um, because in that, you know, that's that to me, that is considered very different. Um, and uh, based on experience, it's not something that you should think is going to last forever. Um, if it has to be a temporary solution, maybe, but it, you shouldn't just think that because they're your family, they're always going to be there without major, major expectations that you should, you know, because you're going to have to sacrifice your whole life if you rely on your family. Like, you're literally going to have to sacrifice your livelihood, uh, your right to breathe, all this kind of stuff when you're going and relying on family so much. Um it's not going to be equal as when a able-bodied person relies on their family. They're not going to consider you an equal. They're going to consider you. They're going to consider you not an equal, but like as somebody who's always going to owe them. Oh, they owe me for all this help. They owe me for putting a roof over their head. Instead of like, well, maybe they want help to get their own roof. Maybe they, you know, are not actually wanting me to take care of them or it's it turns into a game of they are becoming a burden and so i have to take what they owe me i have to get my share in it it's not fair um this kind of thing and families who don't even know they're doing it or that they've done it in the past this kind of thing and so these are things that are being underrepresented misunderstood this kind of a thing, and, um, it's really hard when, you know, a lot of us are living for our passion, and we can't necessarily, we don't know how to turn that passion into work, even if there's something inside us that really wants to, there's something inside of us that believes in hard work, but we're in this system, we're in this bubble, and maybe that bubble for you is that you live with family right now, and, um, uh, you're kind of trying to decide if what I'm saying is bullshit or if what I'm saying is uh, somewhat true, but you have a different situation that um, this podcast does not uh, understand or know about or represent. And so I want you to pause as I take a break to get back in contact with people and phone calls and um, take care of myself for a bit. Let's pause regroup and uh, come back into this space here.
And the scary thing is, is that you start to believe this. You start to believe that, yeah, I do owe them. Because I'm, it's almost like you mistake. You think it's gratitude when it's really complacency. It's really being down on yourself, feeling like you don't deserve anything. I'm a fuck up for my mistakes, this kind of thinking. And that leads to a lot of resentment and a lot of pent up energy that could actually be used towards rebellion and something that is done outside of society, this kind of thing. And The families, the parents of adult children that are, like, feeding off of their adult children in this way, like we've seen with a few cases, we've been kind of through this kind of thing, is a very parasitic relationship. You could either agree with me, tell me to go fuck myself, or um, feel pretty neutral about this, depending on... Really how you see it, how you feel, this kind of thing. It's pretty parasitic though. Because you're, you get to where you're almost being told that you should just be grateful. This economy is terrible. You're not homeless. And you should just be grateful to be in the back of my box. And I should get something for having you there. I should get something out of you not being homeless because I've created my own commitments. I've created my own story that says that I had to deal with it and now I'm entitled to it, to something, getting something in return kind of thing. And what is critical to understand about this is There's this all or nothing thinking within our disabled community. You're either independent or you're not. You're either, and I know it's within society about what we think about success, but, and I know it spreads out into society, but it is within really deeply ingrained into our blind and disabled community that says, um, you have to travel by foot all on your own and cross the street all on your own, or you just don't deserve anything. You just uh, aren't worth anything. You shouldn't try. There's no, like, middle ground that says, okay, with a little bit of help, you can be independent and walk on a sidewalk, um, take directions like any normal able-bodied person takes directions, and, you know, be diligent and willing to read people and have relationships with people such as enable-bodied and sighted people do. They have relationships with other people and work with other people every day to get their daily needs met. And it's reciprocal. It's not entitled. It's not parasitic. It's not any of that. It's reciprocal. Sighted people take rides all the time as they need to from sighted people as well. And that's something that's seen as a big problem. And it's a big distraction from doing the internal work and doing the internal processing that's needed because it's almost as if you're seen as being a failure because you had to take a ride somewhere from somebody or because you had to make a working relationship between you and somebody that they drive you somewhere or that they um, 
help you out and give you a ride because you're struggling like that's almost seen as a failure within our community guys in case you didn't know that especially within a lot of philosophy within the blind and um even autism it's almost as if um autistic people have sub 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 sets of diversity and within their community um because i kind of have some aspects of open-mindedness that's kind of um where i've been able to kind of understand autistic people and i have some undiagnosed like adhd and uh, things like that to where i kind of understand and relate to autistic people and their ways of thinking i'm very open-minded to it um all this kind of stuff and so i get where they're coming from with a lot of their ways of thinking where it's uh there has to be a lot of support around um, intelligence and a lot of outside freedoms and even a lot of the, when you look at autism, a lot of um, polyamory in relationships comes from um, people being autistic. Um, I listened to a podcast and just to kind of help to um, put kind of science fiction perspective and um, more um, autistic and neurodivergent perspective in. I want to put this episode in because this one really got me thinking. Because um, it's not even about, it's not, it's like non-sexual actually. Um, and it even has Star Trek references and all kinds of different references and different science fiction uh, ways that, you know, we viewed the world. So I'm going to put that episode in the show notes. Um as a way of representing because this represents a lot of the outside ways um, and reasoning behind like I was kind of looking for a podcast like this to listen to of like minorities and neurodivergency and um, autistic and ADHD and all this just kind of like be understood and it really is nice to listen to Um, so that'll be in the show notes for you as a way of kind of um being connected with others because I'm not the only one out here podcasting and there are others that are representing in a very different way and if you could use a little humor right now and some Star Trek uh, ideas to watch and um, ways of feeling understood you know this episode is going to help you to do that Um, and I really wish that there were more programs like the one we're in and more links to disabled people um, where their training centers were not so focused on, you know, making their bed the right way or um, cooking one certain kind of meal the right way or, um, cert- you know, traveling the right way and these little tiny menial things. But we're more focused on let's put people under a homeless status and get them some help so that they don't have to go back and give all their resources to their families who don't want to do anything because uh, that is sort of the problem. We had no idea how to make our independent training center work happen to be in this city. That's how we knew this city so well. Um, We didn't know how to make our independent training center work, so we had to end up going back to our family. Then we had resources somewhat to go on our own, but they weren't resources to stay on our own. Um, They didn't give us enough, like, we didn't get enough security out of these resources. 
the resources we got, we didn't make sure they gave us enough security, um, so to speak. And so that is why we ended up having to move back in with the family once again, this time with our own family to worry about. And uh, it ended up becoming a very, some of it was very balanced and good with parts of our family, but it became very parasitic and very much about like, you have to give back to us because we were here for you. And, and, but that's why you took us in. Cause we had to give back to you. It wasn't just to be there for us. It was because you could get back what you think we owe you. And, um, it wasn't about teamwork so much over time. It was about resentment. And so, um, you know, and so that is, um, I think there needs to be a homeless component to our disabled teachings and community. But I'm going to link this episode. I want you to listen to it and enjoy it. There's a lot of laughter and humor in it. And it can help lighten things. Because after such a heavy look at yourself, you need laughter and all this kind of stuff. They don't do a lot with social media. Um, so you can just appreciate their podcast for what it is. They think kind of the way that um, I do about social media being really cool. But the mind can get so distracted by other things that um, you kind of forget that it's there sometimes. It's not anything to do with being against social media whatsoever necessarily. But it's you just get so focused on your own podcast sometimes. And that can be a little more fun when you're biased towards creating in a certain way that uh, other components, you know, are not as intimate or as... Um, don't give you as much space as a podcast might. So, you know, if you want to listen, there's a Star Trek episode they refer to, um, that sounds like a really good episode to watch and some other Netflix series and some different shows. And, um, so check that out in the show notes. Um, I'm definitely going to move forward on this podcast and continue talking about these kinds of things. I'm going to send this out to blind and disabled communities because I really want to know everybody's perspective on this um but I also understand that I appreciate the small intimate circle that I have around this podcast and don't mind keeping it that way so I'm not going to go out of my way to make this episode famous or anything but I want to give people an opportunity to give me their insights and perspectives and shed some light on their own experiences so I'm definitely going to put this episode out there So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of your life. Take care of each other um, in a caring relationship kind of way. Um, And we'll definitely stay connected. Thanks again for listening.